The bottom line is, whether you like it or don't like it, learn to love it because it's the best thing going today. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom. Who was on hey, this crack? Sports, man. Come on, now. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk. New sports desk. You're listening to the sports show. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the sports desk. It is your guy. One more time, one half of your sportsologist, Deja L. Hicks Jr. And remember, folks, acknowledge me. And this your man, Black. We are back in the building once again. The other half of your sportsologist in the building. D, let's get into it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back. Thank you all for, you know, taking some time out of your day to listen to me and Black talk that talk. We know why you guys are listening. We appreciate that. So we got um we don't have a packed show today, but we do have some ins and outs to talk about first, and then we'll get into the meat of the show, which is to give our takes on games one and two of this year's NBA Finals, where it is tied one game apiece, headed to Boston this coming Wednesday, nine o'clock on ABC. So Black, what's going on with you, man? How's everything? Man, everything's lovely, man. It's a rainy, dreary day outside, but I can't complain, man. Everything's good. Yeah, man, beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. <laughs> Would you be mine? My bad, my bad. All right, Black. So old school. Yeah, 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 man. You just kind of <laughs> struck up those tunes for your homeboy, Black. All right, man. Let's go ahead and get into some news, man. We had a good bit of little flyers kind of fly out um, before we get into the NBA Finals. Uh, Black Quinn Snyder, Quinn Snyder, head coach, former head coach of the Utah Jazz has informed the Jazz that he will be stepping down from his role. Quinn Snyder is in the final year of his deal, but he decided that he's just going to take this year off and quite possibly get back into coaching, um, I don't know, at a later day, at a later time, but that is what Quinn Snyder uh, is doing. Black, What's the significance of this? Significance of this? When you talk about the Utah Jazz organization, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, the rumblings that those two don't get along, just a lot of unanswered questions in Utah. More questions. Donovan Mitchell, could he be ready to opt out and move on? Losing Quinn Snyder, does this help push Donovan Mitchell out the door, Utah? Um. Well, first I'm gonna uh, say something about Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder's been a head coach I have followed since his days at Missouri when he was in college basketball. He's always been a, a, a good coach, really respected. You know, when he was in college, led his teams to uh, the tournament, did very well. They never won a, nat- a national championship, but they did very well. And then coming to the NBA, and we knew, we knew the Jazz like in the 90s and uh, in the late 90s going into the 2000s, they were... They were a relevant team. They actually went to a few finals in the late 90s against the Bulls, but came up short. But then they kind of went away. Then they brought in uh, uh, Snyder to be the head coach, and he got you know turned things around, especially with pieces like Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, 
and those guys the the focal point of that team. And now that he's stepping away, it's, it was it was kind of shocking to me because I think he's a great coach. I he may just need a mental break. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but. Um, to answer your other question, I think this means Donovan Mitchell has probably played his last days in Utah. I really think uh, Donovan Mitchell probably wants a change of scenery. Um, I don't know what it's going to be for Rudy Gobert. I'm pretty sure he'll stay put. I don't think he'll go anywhere because he has a lot of money under his belt. You know, a lot of money. So uh, I think for Donovan Mitchell, I would I would be shocked if he returned in the Utah Jazz uniform. But I really believe with Quinn Snyder out the door and them talking about uh, Terry Stout potentially being one of the first names to come in and be the head coach, I really believe D that um, he's going to be looking for a way out and land with a new team. Uh, I mean, my answer is very, very short. Yes, Donovan Mitchell has played his last game as a Utah Jazz. I think at this point, you just got to blow the Jazz up. They've been together for four years, similar to Boston. Mm-hmm. You, I, well, I think Boston been together a little bit longer. I think they've been together five years. But Gobert and Ingles and uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, like they got Jordan Clarkson three years. Like they've been together. Mm-hmm. They were the number one seed in the West just last year, right? Mm-hmm. And they went home. They did. They went home in the second round in nasty fashion. They did. They went home in five. Yeah, you come around back again. I mean. They just, Luka, out the first two games. There's no reason why the Utah Jazz shouldn't have been able to fight off the Dallas Mavericks. But they didn't. Luka and the boys came back and went four straight. Got the boys out of here in six. Mm-hmm. So, I just think Quinn Snyder sees the writing on the wall with what's going on in his locker room. Because you got to think, Gobert and Donovan Mitchell have been going at it ever since COVID outbreak started. Mm-hmm. That's when the beef really, really leaked. And Jalen Rose brought something up last night in the NBA uh, countdown before the game. He said there was there have been games where Donovan Mitchell has only passed Rudy Gobert the ball in the game one time. Jalen Rose said that's not an accident. You can accidentally pass the ball to somebody one time. <laughs> and I got to think about that thing. I said, excuse me, I got to think. Like, Jalen Rose is right. This is the starting center for your team. He's making the most money on the team, and you don't he don't get the ball but one time. So... Donovan Mitchell is out of there. I think everything is going to start ramping up. Quinn Snyder is a damn good coach. He is. I wanted him in L.A. When the, when the start, stuff started popping off, that Quinn Snyder might look for a change. Go get him. Bring him in. I just like the culture that he put out there in Utah. Mm-hmm. But Quinn's going to take a time, some time off, then go on about his business. I think that's a devastating loss for Utah. I think that they just need to go ahead and blow it up. The Dallas Mavericks and other teams, the Phoenix Suns, other teams have shown interest in bringing in Rudy Gobert in. I don't think Gobert is there. I think you blow it up, get what you can, and they just need to start fresh. So you don't think Gobert going to be there either? No. Oh, okay. Because why keep him? Mm-hmm. For what? You're losing the piece that kind of makes him tick as well. I'm looking well. at the money behind him. You know, that's you talking about almost close to well, 200 million. Well, and this is the day, day and age in the NBA. Money's just not an option. Okay. You can move what you want to get moved. You We've seen that. Right. Russell Westbrook is getting paid $50 million by the Lakers. Yes, he is. So, Rudy Gobert contract, right. it ain't Russell Westbrook contract. It's not. So, it's move not. him out of the way. So, I think Utah, I just think they had their shot. Mike Conley, he came over there to try to lift them up. And we liked that move when Conley went to Utah. We thought he would have elevated them. And to some degrees, he did. 
but they just could not get over the hub. Teams are getting better. Phoenix has went by them. Denver, when healthy, is better than them. Mm-hmm. Like there's all the teams around them except the Lakers show to be better than them. <laughs> so I think Donovan Mitchell be playing elsewhere. Now, hear me out. The spot where I would love to see Donovan Mitchell land just as a basketball fan, I want to see him in Miami. I want to see him in Miami. Mm. I think the Heat are an offensive play. This guy averaging 25. He's averaging 25, 5, and 5. That's his numbers career-wise. You pair him down there with Jimmy Butler, I just think the Heat can get over the hump. I think the Heat can get to the NBA Finals with a guy like that paired with Jimmy Butler. That's just my opinion. Okay. Now, there's other spots that you can see him land, but the first thing that just comes to mind to me is the Miami Heat. Okay. And we'll have to watch that situation closely, and we'll see what's going on. So, just very interesting that Quinn Snyder said, uh, adios, amigos, because he's seen the writings on the wall. All right, Black, uh, some news for the Lakers staff. Look like we're going to get Big Sheed. Rasheed Wallace is going to be joining the Lakers coaching staff. Darvin Ham came out today and said, yeah, Rasheed Wallace will be one of the first people added on to his coaching staff as an assistant coach. Now, Black, you love the move. I love the move. But what do you think, what kind of dividends will this pay having a guy like Sheed on the staff? Um, Lakers ain't going to be soft. Shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. Rasheed Wallace is uh, was one, one of the real bad boy tough guys. Rough rider. When he, when he was coming. And I got an alert after I text you. I got an alert on my phone. And it said that Rasheed signed the contract while he was in Anthony Davis' driveway. Yeah. So his job is to put a battery in Anthony, Anthony Davis' back. back. So all the softness, all the been on the ground, that has to cease. And I believe it will cease under Rasheed. Now, I'm, is it going to take time? Of course. But I think Rasheed Wallace, I really think he was hired on this coaching staff for his toughness. And I think he can really help Anthony Davis and the other big guys that's on this team as well. Because yeah. nothing was... it. Was, Anthony Davis was, was, was non-present, soft when he was on the court, and the, the Lakers, they had no toughness about them last year. One of the softest teams in the league, yeah. in my opinion. So, I think having Rasheed Wallace, that's a good hire. Seeing him last year on Memphis staff, Penny Hardaway came out and said he knew he wasn't going to be able to keep him for long, but I love what uh, Darvin Ham is doing. First great hire as a head coach on getting another experienced guy who's played the game and understand understands what it is to reach the mountaintop. And that's what you need with guys like LeBron, AD, Westbrook. It's going to be interesting to see how this works and how he continues to get the staff together. But I definitely love to hire Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, when you bring in guys who know what it's about. This is the group. This is the kind of guys that the Lakers, this current group of Lakers, this is who they need. Mm-hmm. They need experienced guy. Rasheed Wallace, like you said, man, just a hellraiser in the league. Toughness, grit, and he can hoop. Yeah. Pivotal pieces to that Detroit Pistons championship run. And a lot of people don't remember. They traded for Rasheed after the All-Star break. That Pistons they did. Team. They sure did. He put them over the top. He did. You compared him with Ben Wallace down low? It was a and, problem. And and, and and people forget how skilled Sheed was. Taking a ball off the dribble, going down in the post, pulling up from 18, pulling up from three. People forget that. They just really remember him being a dog and getting texts and stuff like that. No, he is what Draymond Green wished he could be offensively. Mm-hmm. That's what Rasheed Wallace was. <laughs> so yeah. Anthony Davis 
he's going to get a reality check because he won't be able to look Rasheed Wallace in the face mm. and tell him anything. You know Talk Rasheed, about that thing. You know what Rasheed Wallace, he going to tell, uh, what Rasheed Wallace going to tell Anthony Davis? I got just as many rings as you do. Ooh. <laughs> I got just as many as you do. Huh. I know what it's like. I beat the very team that I'm coaching for now. The great Shaquille O'Neal, the great mm. Kobe Bryant. That's how I got my chill. Listen to me. Mm. So I love that element. Mm. Now, will it pay off? We're going to have to see. Will Anthony Davis and the guys around going to be like, man, like, we got to roll with what these guys are telling us, man. These ain't no analytic dudes. Hmm. These real hoopers. So I'm excited about the, the addition. I love what Darvin Ham is doing. Look forward to seeing the rest of the staff. And uh, we just have to go from there, man. It's just definitely, definitely looking forward to what she's impact is going to be. Yeah, he also had his uh, pressure presser today. Yeah. So it was uh, good to see he was saying some good things, man. Right. But like you say, the finishing what the staff they're gonna put together is gonna mm-hmm. be good to see the product once they get on the floor. All right, Black Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald of the Los Angeles Rams got that paper today. He signed a forty million dollar extension. To remain, excuse me, with the Los Angeles Rams through 2024, he is now officially making quarterback money. Mm-hmm. All right, that's what we call it. QB money. That's what he's going to make. Now, for all who all who don't know, after the Super Bowl, Aaron Donald came out post-news conference and said, if this is going to be my last game, this is how the way I want to go out. If this is going to be it for me, this is the way I want to go out being as a champion. Now, did I believe that Aaron Donald was going to retire? No. Did I believe Aaron Donald was throwing this out to get leverage, to get more bread because he understood the situation and that he's now on the other side of his prime, just trying to get that last big payday? Yes, that's what he was doing. And LA Rams had no choice but to cash in on that, and he got paid. He got paid. Yes, he did. For sure. Black, speak on Aaron Donald getting his money, and do you find it, are you comfortable with Defensive players earning the money that quarterbacks get when they don't touch the football. Well, I hate to say just defense. He's just a defensive player, but it's been years Aaron Donald's been the best player in the NFL. Okay. You know, and one of the toughest positions one of the toughest positions in football on the defensive side is the, de- is the defensive line. That's one of the toughest Positions because you see so many bottle, so many bodies. I'm sorry, and then especially him, he see three, bo- two, three bodies all the time. Every play, he's never, it's never one body on him. And you know, to see him get his money, I'm cool with Aaron Donald getting his money. I, I, I think it was long overdue. They should have did it right after the Super Bowl, in my opinion. But I knew when he was on I'm athlete and came out and said what he said, I knew it was a contract coming, coming right after that. I, I, had, I had, I had a feeling it was going to come. I just didn't. Just didn't see. I just didn't think it was gonna be that. You know, I didn't know I didn't it was either. gonna be that. I didn't either. But didn't uh, either. him getting quarterback money, and they even talked about it on the podcast. He was like, you know, if you if you're good, he said he think defensive players are overlooked. You know, they play a big, they have a big role to play as of well. Of course. So um, I think that I think he's definitely going to change the narrative because he's not only just a defensive player. He's been one of the best players, one of the best players in the league for the past uh, for the past four or five years, in my opinion. So. See him get his money. I'm I'm happy for him. Excited for him. Uh, but the Rams ain't playing. They throwing cash around like I've never seen before in my life in, in the NFL. They throwing that cash around. They gonna pay that luxury tax. They make sure they keep that the core of that thing together so they can potentially get back. 
And I like I like the move by the Rams keeping him, but Aaron Aaron Donald definitely deserves every dollar of that money that he got. Yeah, I think Aaron Donald got paid for what he's done. I think he got paid for everything that you know you said. Like at one point in time, he was considered the best player in all of football and still very well could be considered that. I'll never say a defensive player is the best in football because they don't touch the ball. I'm going to always give that nod to a quarterback because the quarterback controls everything, even the defense. Because if Aaron Donald ain't got to be on the field, that means my quarterback around here uh, getting third and fives of second <laughs> and eights of my run. You know what I mean? So it's just the dynamics of football. But the Rams, man, they are they are really going for it all. But at some point in time, Black, and this is what people are not talking about, and I hate to be that guy. But sooner or later, all of this is going to come to a head for them. Mm -hmm. And then what will be left of this franchise? What? They don't have any draft picks to 2030. They got the ring. That's what they did it for. The general yeah. manager said, forget them picks. I don't care nothing about them picks. Get me that chill. Yeah. But they I, got it. I understand what you're saying. And, that, and, and, and that, you saying that's hard to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, you good. Real quick. This made me think, with him getting that type of money, what's going to happen with Cooper Cup? And it's like... I don't know Where's like, it gonna come from yeah, Like where's it gonna come from But I understand If you're willing to pay The luxury tax Okay but But how much can you pay How much Let's, let's just allow? say They don't Do as well as they did Last year Getting To a Super Bowl To winning the Super Bowl And the season Is just Blown up Just just blown right, up right. And they don't They don't have a good season Then you're looking at Going into the offseason Next year When Cooper Cup Is the guy next year Super Bowl MVP it's time for him to get his money, but you just pay Aaron Donald that, and then you just gave Matthew Stafford that. Oh yeah, they extended and him. They extended him too. So I'm like, and then you, and then the, up the few pieces that you did bring in, you gave them nice money as well. Allen Robinson, those guys got nice money. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But the, I'm, I agree with you. Like this when thing could come to head. When is it going to show <laughs> in LA? Like when? And I'm just waiting. <laughs> like when is when is it going to be that? All right, guys, we we we, 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 we don't have any more to give. But until then, you know, the Rams is one of the more more prolific teams in the, in the game right now. On paper, they're a Super Bowl contender. Right now, on paper, they probably should be favored to go back to Super Bowl. Probably favored to win it again. I mean, you don't resign Bob Miller, but hey, guys, Bobby Wagner ain't nothing to sneeze at. No, he's not. He ain't nothing to sneeze at. He's been right there, top linebackers in the game for the past five to six years. He's just been stuck out in the in the abyss in Seattle. So kudos to Aaron Donald. Deserves his bread. The Rams are just shaking it up again. They making franchises like the Jaguars and the Panthers and all these teams who just refuse the Dallas Cowboys. They, they refuse to shove all their chips in the middle of the table to get a ring. They refuse to do it. Mm. But the Rams are showing you. <laughs> we doing it. And if we can get two rings out of this, we good. Because mm -hmm. in the NFL, we know how hard it is to win championships. We they know how hard. hard it is. All right, so. And, yeah, we're, we're, and Tom Brady got seven of them things, man. That's another story. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, 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 I that, just, yeah, that, that. I'm just saying, think about that. It is yeah, hard. It's hard. But he got seven. And he been to nine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, Black. A couple real quick notes. Well, one quick note out of the world of WWE. Cody Rose, man. Mm. Suffered an injury while working out, getting ready for Hell in the Cell. All of you wrestling heads out there, you probably seen the images floating around 
Well, Cody Rose' pec is just black and literally blue. Uh, he blew the pec out. The doctors cleared him enough. They said basically he can't hurt it anymore. He's going to have to have surgery. Cody opted to wrestle Seth last night in the cage. And what a performance, man. Man. What a, I mean, just inspiring. Watching that match gave me chills. I mean, just seeing Seth come to the ring in the polka dots, paying salute to his father. And all who don't know, Seth and Dusty Rhodes were very close. Mm -hmm. Dusty Rhodes, when he was living during, during the NXT days, he let it be known that he loved that kid, Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. So that's why the storyline makes so much sense now with Cody and Seth. I'm glad the WWE got this right because this is their fourth match. This now, the is. thing that I don't like is that Seth didn't beat Cody once. <laughs> so Because it go back to what you were saying. They put they probably pushing Cody. Yeah, they are. They pushing yeah, Cody. They are. Yeah. But unfortunately, Cody's hurt now. Mm -hmm. Cody has had yeah. surgery. He's going to miss some time. Yeah. So money in the bank is different now. SummerSlam could be different now. Just depends on how quickly Cody can get back. I hate to see it for him, man. But uh, you talking about guts. The man said every time he was touched in the match, it felt like his chest was on fire. Every time he was touched, Black, it felt like he was on fire because of the pain. But that's what we love as wrestling fans. Yeah. These guys get in there and do what Cody uh, Cody Rose did last night. Just hand claps, man. Salute. Unbelievable get well soon. match, man. Yeah, Unbelievable get well match. soon, Cody. And uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing you back, man. Um, it, it just sucks, man. And also, out in AEW, CM Punk, your favorite guy, suffering another injury. All right. He has had surgery. But I like what AEW did. They didn't take the belt off him. They're going to name a interim world champion. So when, then when Punk comes back, they'll have an undisputed world champion. So I like yeah, that. Yeah, I like that idea. I like that. They took a, a page out of boxing and MMA. And the, real quick on Punk, I'm just really thinking about Punk, man, and seeing him be able. Like, if y'all don't realize, it's been almost a decade, you know, for Punk to get back to where he is. Yeah. He was on top. Of, he was on top. He was Mr. WWE at one he point. He was. He was the face. He was the push for WWE. And that all ended. And to see him with AEW and rise back to the occasion and become champ there, that it, it, I know that mean a lot to him. It meant mm -hmm. a lot to me because I, I love Punk. You know, mm -hmm. I'm one. he's one of my favorite wrestlers. And to see him get hurt and go down with an injury, it really sucks. Because I know that took a lot of work, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears on uh, CM Punk's uh, part to get back on top because it's been a long time coming. He's been waiting for this for that moment for a long time and then to be set back with an injury, I know that has to be tough on him. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So get well soon, Cody Rhodes. Get well soon, CM Punk, man. All right, let's go to the boxing world real quick, man. Black, talk to me about this kid, Devin Haney, a new undisputed champion in the lightweight ranks. Yeah, yeah, man. Shout out to uh, Devin Haney, 23-year-old lightweight, undisputed heavyweight cha champion. He beat uh, Cambosis Jr. on Saturday night to uh, get all of the belts for lightweight undisputed. Over Went over to Cambosis' home country in Australia and mm -hmm. took those things off of him. Um, happy for the kid. He's young, up and coming. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, is going to happen with him next. There's it's a lot of names been thrown at him, like Tank, uh, Garcia. It's just a lot of uh, a lot of names that people are saying that we could potentially see him fight. Uh, Lomachenko. So um, his story is really, he has a really good story. He started, he didn't start it out in the amateurs. He went all the way over to Mexico and started his career there. And then oh, wow, came back man. over to America and, and turned pro. So he took a different uh, route than most boxers have. 
So it's um it's interesting to see his story than what he where he came from and how he got it out the mud over in Mexico and then be able to be uh world champ I mean undisputed champ at lightweight lightweight and the one cool thing is when Zab Judah I don't know if you remember this D but when Zab Judah was undisputed lightweight champion uh Devin Haney was one of the little boys holding up one of the belts oh, when really? he was coming out oh, so wow. full I know moment. it came full circle moment yeah. for him you know to have that moment but definitely shout out to him on becoming undisputed champ at uh lightweight yeah shout out Devin Haney man uh, I, I didn't get to see the fight but I did watch some of the highlights man another skilled youthful exuberant type of star that boxing needs and he's in a division, man, where potentially, man, if he keeps the ball rolling, you can get some really dynamic fights, man. So it's good to see new faces that could be potential stars in the sport of boxing. Now, before we leave boxing, <laughs> potentially, potentially we have a mega fight on the horizon. Reports have circulated and rolled through that Earl Spence Jr., and Terrence Crawford, the two pound-for-pound pound best in their division, they have all the belts, both of them, are potentially signing a contract to do battle later this year. Black, speak on the significance of getting top-tier talent like Spence and Crawford in the ring and getting this thing going. Well, I'm going to speak this thing into existence. It's going to happen. I hope you're right. Man, I hope I, it, it has to happen. I hope you're right. Because this is what we waiting on. If Put it like this. In my opinion, D, I don't know how you feel about it. But in my opinion, if you capitalize on this fight right here between Spence and, and Crawford, you make up for all those years you didn't give us Mayweather and Pacquiao when we really wanted it. Okay. When we really wanted it. Because we wanted that fight in their prime and we didn't get that. We did not. If you give us this fight, you're giving us two fighters in their prime, in the beginning of their prime, in the ring together. Pound for pound. You're talking about October, Las Vegas. Please, man, please let me see that. Please. I was telling D when the news dropped, man, if this happened, I'm going to have to throw another fight party. It's been a while. It's been a long time, and this one will make me do it. Mm -hmm. But boxing needs this. It just for boxing. If we get this fights, the wonders it'll do for the sport. Like you said, D, it's not many pushing the envelope. We have the one that's pulling, pushing the envelope. He's not even American. Tyson Fury is pushing the envelope for boxing. Yep. We need these two Americans to fight. And for undisputed, this is for undisputed in, at the welterweight division. Hasn't been done in a very long time. So, man, I'm speaking this fight into existence. I hope they go ahead and sign uh, rough out, get through all the rough stuff and figure out who going to be what and go on and sign this deal, man. And let's get this fight in October because boxing needs this matchup. I, I want to see it. Just speak it into existence, D. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. But I will not be a believer mm. until... It actually appears on my phone with the date and everything set. Now, Earl Spence seems to be about his paper. Now, from everything that I've read, it's on Earl now. Terrence Crawford, he, he is his own man. He is representing himself. The people we have around him, 
they have let it be known that look y'all we're done the negotiations we're out we're good to go we just waiting on earl spence and Bob Arum. It's not Bob. Well, what's the, what's the guy's name is? Uh, no, it's he with PBC. He's not with Bob Arum. So no, whoever this guy is, they're yeah. waiting Al on Heyman. His, yeah, it's Al, Al Heyman. Yeah, Al Heyman, the promoter. They're just waiting on them. Mm-hmm. They're just waiting on them. Look around, boxing. Look around. This could be the potential trilogy. Yeah. You know how much money this could be. Um, Terrence Crawford. Uh, one of his guys represent him said this half a billion right here. Yeah, but at the same time, me, me, and I'm pretty sure me and you can agree. I hope we agree. Ten, um, uh, Earl Spence does deserve his paper because he's been carrying the envelope. No, 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 he do, he do. He deserves his paper. So if it's one thing to hold it up, it could be that because if them that them them numbers ain't right with that paper, I don't. It's it, that's could that could potentially be the hold up. Do you think? But Spence, the kid does deserve his money. Do you think Spence deserves more of the bill than Crawford? He does. Okay. Because he's the one who's been pushing the envelope for the welterweight division. Terrence Crawford, what we've seen him twice in the past two years. We've seen, even though Bud's been out, we've seen him three times. Three times okay. in his absence. All right. And Bud's haven't been hurt, even though he had all that stuff going on with Bob Arum, all the nasty crap. Because the reason why he went to Bob Arum, because Bob Arum promised him he would deliver Earl Spence, and he couldn't do that. He did not do it. But... The name of Earl Spence is growing every time he touched the ring. He's a star. He's become a star. He's a star. And I think with this fight, you ha- and don't get me wrong, Terrence Crawford is a star in himself as well. He's a star as well. He's done some great things. He's just been overlooked so much. So this right here would be his moment. It would be. That's why he's already fine with everything. He good to go. He good to go because this is literally his moment. He needs this. If you're not a boxing fan and you don't dig deep, people may not know a whole lot about Bud Crawford. They don't. But this kid has all the goods, and Terrence Crawford and, and Earl Spence. Me and D looking at this lat is go- this fight right here. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Yeah. But boxing needs this fight. But Earl Spence definitely deserves his money. So I hope they can can come to come somewhere where they can get this thing figured out. Go ahead and sign on the dollar line and give boxing fans what they need. A mega, mega super fight. Get it done, boxing. Get it done. We haven't had a mega fight this year. Get it done. There shouldn't be years that go by when you don't have mega fights. Fury and 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 uh, Wilder they held it down for a few years. Uh, uh, Canelo and uh, Triple G they held it down for a little while. But who's who's there? Well, I'll tell you who's there. Terrence Crawford and Earl Spitz is there. Let's get it done, boxing. The fans need this. The sports needs this. Let's get it done. All right, so those are little tidbits uh, that we had to cover before we get into the National Basketball Association. We're not going to let you wait anymore. Let's get into the NBA Finals. What did you do in camp? 
right, Black, let's go ahead and get into it, man. The 2022 NBA Finals are tied at one apiece after two games. Black, we have a lot to get into uh, about this series so far. Let's go ahead and just start with the just where we are today. We are 1-1, Boston winning game one. Golden State winning game two uh, this past Sunday night. Black, what's your feel about the series? We'll get into all the details in a minute. But what's your feel about this series so far after the first two games? Um, Very good. Very interesting, interesting series so far. I tell you, on the defensive side, it, the energy is picked up. It's going, it's going through the roof. The see last night, the Warriors were really, really, really physical uh, with Boston last night, and it showed. It really showed, and I like the physicality that we getting out this game. The refs not blowing the whistle quick. They letting these boys play. Love to see it. But uh, the the one thing that really stands out deep to me is the physicality of this series so far in these two games, and it's going to be interesting to see. You know, where does that continue through through the games moving forward? Very exciting games uh, that we had in the first two. Blow, and you know, I, you hate blowouts in the finals. I was looking at something. It, it was wild that we talking about this, but I went to YouTube and was looking at some of the some of the uh, finals games, like from the early from the late nineties and the two thousands. And D, I promise you, every single game in the finals was close, mm-hmm. close. Close. I mean, no one got blowed out. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sucks when you see blowouts in the finals mm-hmm. because you want, it just don't feel like you're getting that excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, it's exciting. It's the finals. It's going to be exciting, but you don't want to see no blowout in, this, in, in, in the finals. You mm-hmm. want every game to be very exciting down to the wire. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we've gotten in these first two games. We gotten. Uh, one team who let the let let the other veteran team know we're here, mm-hmm. we're here, and Boston still in game one, and then the wars reminded Boston this ain't gonna be no easy ride, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what we've got in the first two in the first two game, but excited to see game three and moving forward. D, what we're going to get out of these two teams? Yeah, man, I'm just kind of disappointed in the series so far uh, at the first two games because exactly what you said. I thought these teams were very evenly matched, and I thought we were going to get those nip and tuck three point, two point, one point games in the first two games. Um, the first game, I will say, was exciting because you didn't see Boston showing the resilience that they showed. I mean, they had five, I think four guys that scored 20 points or more. Devin White, Al Horford accompanying uh, Tatum and Brown with 20 plus. I mean, uh, they were just hitting re- remarkable three-point shots in the fourth quarter, a 40-point quarter. So I was kind of satisfied with that just to see how that game developed. But then last night, man, I, just, I mean, even though Boston stole one, and they did what they had to do, but I didn't expect them to just dud out like they did in the second half. Mm. I mean, going into halftime, I was like, okay, we're going to have us a – this thing finna get smoky out here getting into the second half, and it just wasn't. This is another swing series so far, and what that means is it's kind of going back to what we were talking about with Miami and Boston. You know, you get one game, somebody wins by 20. Next game, somebody wins by 20. Like, mm. when are we going to get that nip and tuck – uh, NBA Finals. I mean, to be real with you, I can't really remember the last nip and tuck finals. I want to say Kobe's last ring with that Celtics that went seven. I think there was only two blowouts in that series. The other games were tightly, tightly contested, especially that game seven. I mean, I had multiple heart attacks. 
<laughs> watching that game seven. But I just, I mean, I might be wrong. I mean, I have to, I, you know, can't remember them all right now. But I want to see this thing get a little tighter. Yeah, me too. I want to see this yeah. thing get a little bit more competitive. You know, it's like the home team is just, all right, we can afford to lose by 20 tonight. We just got to come back and try to win. it. No, I mean, I'm not saying they're doing that. But I just hope they get it ramped up. The star power is here. The storylines are here. This thing has the, the makings of a classic, in my mm-hmm. opinion. In my opinion, I just hope that we eventually get that, especially as we move uh, into game three. All right, Black, let's go ahead and let's start. Last night, game two. Black, I'm, I'm naming this game the Draymond Green game. <laughs> this was the Draymond Green Game Boston just getting, uh, you know, just getting the best of Golden State in game one, really baffling the Warriors. I mean, Steph Curry came out hitting his first six threes in the first game. It kind of like the Warriors were just going to get these boys out of here, but the Celtics showed resilience. But we knew that this series will be about adjustments. Steve Kerr, world champion coach. What were the Warriors going to do? How were the Stars going to be ready to go to try to even up this thing, get ready to head back to Boston? And the tone was set from the beginning by Draymond mm-hmm. Green. Energy-wise, toughness-wise, chirping-wise, everything. He was on the floor. He was just just carrying the energy for the Warriors. And you saw that in the play of everybody else around him. That's what got them this win. Boston, they tried their best to fend it off, fend it off, fend it off, fend it off, but they just couldn't. Draymond and Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr ain't leave half court the whole game. (laughs) He was there the whole game just trying to keep that energy up for his team because realistically, it ain't no secret, they needed this last night. They did. Couldn't go down 2-0, losing your first two games at home and going back to Boston. You might not come out of there. Mm. But now we're a 1-1 back. What did you see last night with just Golden State's energy, their defense, and just... Really taking care of business. Well, I seen how they played in the regular season somewhat, mm-hmm. you know, and it, they were really physical, maybe a little more physical than they were in the regular season. But mm-hmm. Draymond, like you said, he set the tone. Mm-hmm. He set the tone for everything. And and and, and I love. I'm not. I I love Draymond. I just don't like him when he play against LeBron and mm-hmm. whoever LeBron playing. But I love. He brings the energy. That's why he's like the engine of this team. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Steph is the star. He is the face. But the engine of this team comes from comes from Dray- Draymond. He pushes everything. Mm-hmm. And to see him being physical, the physicality, the talking, I, 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 I love it all from him. And I think that's what got them over the hump. But the one thing that really stood out in game one in the third quarter, when the Warriors did blitz, um, when the Warriors blitzed Boston, Boston responded. This time in the third, Boston didn't. They didn't respond because they were so worried about the physicality and what was going on. Draymond, it was a Draymond was like controlling a lot that was going on. They people were getting into it with Draymond. It was chirping, chirping. That didn't happen in game one. That didn't happen in game one. So this time when the Warriors blitzed them in the third, it was no coming back from that. It was no coming back from that. They finally had Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole had a sighting. He showed up. Uh, I'm not sure what Clay ended up with, but I'm pretty sure. I see he was struggling in the first half, but he, he stepped it up a little in the second half. But um, that's going to be the key, the, tough, the, the, the toughness we see from Draymond. Will he be able to keep that up? Going into Boston because we know how it go down in Boston. It's going to be Boston is going to be crazy. I can't wait to see it on TV how that's going to look. 
And that's what really stood out in game two is that when uh, the Warriors blitzed the teams like they always do, do in the third, no, they didn't respond. You know, so usually when they do that to you, like you said it before, usually when they blitz you in the third, it's no coming back. The Warriors don't let up. And mm -mm. that's exactly what they did uh, uh, the other night in game two. I got kind of an unpopular thing that I'm about to say, Black, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I kind of started a conversation at work earlier today, and I got a lot of pushback on this. And this is just what my eyes are seeing when I'm watching this final so far. Black, Clay Thompson needs to come off the bench. You got to start Jordan Poole. You got to start Jordan Poole. Clay Thompson is still figuring it out. Clay can't get around nobody. Clay can't guard Jalen Brown. He can't guard Jason Tatum. He can't. These are alpha male perimeter players that he's going up against. And now Golden State, there's only so much you can switch with Clay. At certain points of the game, he was on Marcus Smart. At certain points of the game, even he was on Al Horford. You know, Al Horford just backing him down in the first quarter last night in game two. Like, Clay, I ain't saying Clay can't contribute because he can. You but, talk about the defensive end. Yeah, and, de okay. and even offensively. Like, yeah, he looked bad offensively. But he in that can't first get half. around no one. Okay. Now, he's basically right now, he has to be open. I ain't saying he can't create his, his own shot because he's a shooter. But if I'm Steve Kerr, we're in the finals. How much longer is Steve Kerr willing to let Clay be out there trying to figure it out before it turns into a liability? Because you want to know what? Draymond Green is a liability on offense. He can't produce offensively, scoring-wise. Offensive rebounds, yes. Energy in the paint, yes. But I'm saying scoring. At certain points in the game, you had Steph, Wiggins, and Jordan Poole. Those are the only three options. Yeah, those were. So, how much would it benefit if Clay was to come off the bench? Let him get some run in that second unit. Let him see what he could do against Devin White. Let him see what he could do against Pritchard. Like, what can he do against those guys? What do you think? Am I kind of stretching it too far, or is there some substance well, there? Well, I'll say it's I'll say it's a little substance there, but I think they got to find different ways to use Clay. <sighs> I think you use Clay, not saying that he's stealth, but won't you give won't you give Clay a little pick and roll action and see what he can do off the pick and roll, pull up, pop, like they be like they use stealth. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't you don't need him to be uh, athletic and get to the cup off the uh, off the pick and roll. You just need him to pull up like like they've been using stealth, mm -hmm. and then get him coming off the screen and roll, kick him the ball, let him find find his open spots on the floor. I don't think you need him to be that guy who gets to the cup, but defensively, that's where it is for me because he can he he shot defensively. He shot. Shoot, you talking you talking about Al Horford? Little uh, little White was backing him down in game two. I was like, Devin White was backing him down. Derek White was backing him down in game two. So I'm like, oh man, what's going on with Clay? So defensively, I'm more worried. Offensively, I think they'll figure it out. You got to have Clay on the floor because. Clay can just get hot at any time, and then when he's hot, oh boy, look out.
Look out. I just think they need to find different ways to get him, get him involved. I don't think they're doing it the right way. I think they need to use him in a little more pick and roll and get him coming off those screens. And just like when Draymond them passing the ball, they always find Steph when he's open. You got to find Clay the same exact way so he can get a good look. I mean, so he can take a good shot. And then if you got Clay doing that and he getting in his rhythm and everything, D, I think he'll be just fine. I don't. I don't think he'll be just fine. And the reason they can't roll the offense like they roll for Steph, because the offense doesn't go through Clay. Like, the offense goes through Steph. Like, you see that every time they bring the ball up. You see that with the movement, the passing. It's really every play, honestly, when Steph's in the game, every play is really related to what Steph is doing. Yes. It is. It is. So, Clay is really still trying. I'm not saying Clay won't get back right. People got to remember the Achilles on the left leg and two ACL tears on the same leg. Like he is in, he is in a a spot right now where thank goodness he's healthy enough to even be playing again. But I just don't think he's there yet. And here's the challenge. This Boston team is young. They athletic. They're long. They're big. Especially their starters. They had a camera angle last night that they were showing during the finals. Just one quick zoom around. Tatum so long. Brown so long. Horford. I mean, Horford is big. Draymond was standing next to Horford. You think Draymond got a little help? No. Horford is big. And I'm looking at Clay just out there, man. He just out there. He just out there. So it's. I don't think it'd be necessarily a bad thing if he comes off the bench. But what if it turns into a situation, man? I'm just saying. Does Steve Kerr have to make a decision? Clay, you just can't be out here for this one. Yeah, and, and if it if it come to that, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that he will. But for me, I think you just gotta I just feel like you gotta get him involved in different ways. Like okay. they giving him the ball and trying to make him create and they ain't that he ain't what he it. is no more. He can't do that right now. You gotta now. get him off that, that right you gotta get him off that screen, off that pick and roll. You have and like you say, you they doing it all through Steph. Use him and see what ha- just see what happens. Okay. Use him a little bit there. You using Jordan Boone when he come in the game, you put him in the same exact situation as uh as as, as Steph as well. When we know he can get to the cup or get his shot as well, why not use Clay the same way? Okay. And and maybe if 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 Clay can Clay can get a rhythm and get some shots go down early, you may not have to keep that. You may just be able to find him open, find him in open spots, give him the ball so he can pull up. Cause uh, Clay don't need a need to look at the back. If once that mud leave his hands, it's more than likely going down. Yeah, that's but he fair. needs to be in the rhythm. They definitely do not need to let him get the ball and try to create himself because he he's just not that guy anymore. I feel like you got to find different ways to get him involved. And that's what Steve Kirk going to have to come in and be like, Clay, we're going to have to figure this out. We got to figure it out. We got to get you involved in some pick and rolls or something like that and get you some shot, get you somewhere where we can get you some shots made so you can get your rhythm going so you can be part of this thing offensively because Boston realizes, oh, okay, man, we we double down on Steph or make sure Steph ain't coming off that screen and make it tough for him because I tell you this. Steph had 29 points, but then was a hard 29. Then was a hard. If it weren't for Jordan Poole going crazy in the second half like he did, those was a those was a hard 29 for Steph Curry in game two. Because they was coming, Boston was coming off that pick and roll. They were like, ah, oh, you ain't finna get them open shots coming off that pick and roll like you was in game one. 
So he, he had to work for a lot. But if I feel like if they get Clay involved the same way they got him uh, Pool involved with Steph, that could be something. That's just just my opinion. I think they should visit it and see if that could work to get him more involved in the game offensively. Well, definitely gonna gonna come a time where that's gonna have to be visited. I think this series is gonna be a long one. I think it's gonna be a seven game series. I think it's got to rent all over it. It's gonna be real interesting what happens in Boston. Boston is not the best home team. They're not. But that crowd is wild out there. Yes, it is. But if anybody can handle it, it's the you know former champions. They'll be able to handle it out there. And all they got to do is get one and get back to the Oracle. That's. I mean, we'll get back to San Francisco. That's all they got to do, and we'll see. Black, let's talk about Jason Tatum so far in this series, okay? Jason struggled uh, in game one, but got it going last night in game two. Struggled in the first quarter. But then second quarter on, he really got it going, uh, giving the Celtics a 30-piece in a, you know, a loss. What's your take on Jason Tatum so far in this series? Is it frustrating you like it's frustrating me seeing uh, Jason Tatum not really using a sense of urgency at this stage uh, with the championship on the line? For me, man, you got to you – when you – in that in that place where people want to make you know people want to see you become a superstar, want to you being that guy, you got to set the tone. We've seen some of the greats from Kobe, LeBron, Shaq, uh, Giannis. These guys set the tone for their teams. They don't wait to the second quarter. They don't wait. Jason Tatum need to be more assertive in this these games, D. Especially starting these games out. Like, the ball, everything needs to be going through you. You need to have that I'm not going to be denying mentality. It's just like he going through the motions, in my opinion. I feel like he's going through the motions right now, in my opinion, in these first two games. Even though he got, even though he got hot in the second, but what was it really worth, D? What was it really worth? So, they end up losing that game by 19, but... I feel like if he assert himself early and keep the pressure on Golden State, make them have to make them have to figure you out or figure something out what they're going to do and change something. The Warriors haven't had to change anything up differently defensively. They haven't because he's not he's not being a tone setter. He's not taking advantage of the matchups he's got. Is he backing up? He losing a ball or he missing shots. I'm like, man, come on, Tatum. But I think he just need to be more assertive offensively. D set the tone for his team, and I think he'll be just fine. But right now, I'm, it's it's head scratching to see he's the way he's played in these first two games. Yeah, it, it's kind of frustrating, man. And, and I get it. The system that he's in in Boston. You know, it's 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 not a like you know I'm the guy type of offense. I mean, even in Golden State, like they play basketball the right way. I mean, they do, and, and in Boston, they they share the ball too. I mean, to be real, I mean, you got Jalen Brown out there, you got Marcus Smart there, you got guys out there who can do their thing. And sometimes I ask myself, oh, am, am I unfairly judging Tatum? You know, due to the team that he has around him, just because he has the talent. Are we being a little unfair because he has a superstar talent, first team all NBA compared to what we've seen all year from how Boston does? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know yet. I don't think Tatum has been in a position where he's had to answer the bell. Meaning, if Steph Curry is just going haywire or somebody just throwing haymaker after haymaker, has will he respond? Well, we've seen him do that against Giannis twice. Giannis was throwing haymakers, haymakers, and he responded. We didn't see him do that when Jimmy Butler went off for 40. So it's kind of the inconsistency of what we know he can be. 
it's kind of frustrating me because when you see him on the floor, when he has the ball, he's literally a mismatch. There's no one on Golden State that can do anything with him. I remember in game one in the third quarter, they put Wiggins on him, and he he was missing everything, but he just was blowing by him. Blowing by him, fade away, just, I mean, just had Wiggins had to looking silly. But he couldn't convert on the shots that he needed, but his team did end up winning. So I'm a little hesitant on being completely frustrated with Tatum. This is his first go around, and he's going home now. I fully expect to see the real Jason Tatum at home games three and games four. Mm-hmm. I want to see him let the basketball world and the NBA Finals world know I'm here. When we've done with games three and four, I want to be able to say, Jason Tatum, he was out there. That's what I want to be able to say, and I hope we get to say that. Go ahead. And you know, I, I realized something in these playoffs from watching them. It look like when they play some of their best basketball is when Jason Tatum is being the tone, tone setter. Of course. And then Jalen Brown is like the guy who, in the second half, kind of, not say he closes, but he takes. He's the guy you be like, oh, he, he hitting everything. He getting them home. He getting them home. He, it's like he bringing them yeah, home, bringing them he, you know? But that's when they've been playing some of their basketball. But they kind of gotten away from that. They kind of gotten away from that because it's been like Jason Tatum. I mean, it's been Jalen Brown. Brown early and then Jason Tatum. Where you at, Jason Tatum? Where you at? Game one. You, game one, you got Al Horford got hot. He got hot in the second half. Derek White gave you 20. Hot. Uh, uh, Jalen Brown scored 14 straight points for you there. <laughs> you know, uh, that's a winning recipe when you got three, uh, of course, two of the other of guys like Al Horford and Derek White they getting 20. Missing. They, they weren't missing. missing shots. But I feel like if they can get that recipe of Jason Tatum setting the tone and maybe Jalen Brown taking, bringing them home, that's when they play some of their best basketball in yeah. these playoffs, D. Yeah, I agree. And Brown started off incredible in yes, game two. Yes, he did. I, I was like, like, oh, Whoa. he finna go for 40. <laughs> He I did. mean, he was shooting with so much confidence. The first 10. He had the first 10 points. He, he had 17 in the first half. And I was like, okay. But in the second half, he was just a virtual no-show. Yeah. He really got off of his game after that scuffle with Draymond. Mm-hmm. When him and Draymond got, I said, Draymond is just so shrewd. He's so shrewd. <laughs> he he know, know what he's doing. He know. He know. And, and, and the old basketball fan in me, I would have been hot. Like, just thinking emotionally watching the game. But this is a game of chest out here. Yes, it is. And Draymond. They've been there and done that. That's what I'm saying. Draymond's like, oh, he hot. <laughs> I need to check his mental capacity to see if he really locked in. And he wasn't. He was And if you really look at what Draymond did, it was Draymond answers. But Jalen Brown was pissed. He was. He jumped up like he was ready to throw. Yeah, you should have seen him in that press. That's what I'm saying. And then after that, he just he's kind of flamed out. Mm-hmm. He flamed out. So... Great gamesmanship by Draymond. I mean, he is a liability offensively right now, but defensively and like his basketball IQ and his mental capacity about just the flow of the game, yo, he might be the best in the league. Mm. He might be. Mm -hmm. Because for him to have control, I mean, he got Ndoku over there getting texts and stuff like that. I'm like, well, no. Yeah, because Ndoku was saying some stuff, boy. He was, he I was, was looking hot. at I was looking he at was his hot. lips, boy. I was like, he boy, was he hot. over there saying some stuff. He boy. was hot. He was hot. <laughs> he was hot. So definitely kudos uh, to Draymond. All right, Steph Curry. Two games in. Stephen Wardell Curry 
We put a lot of pressure on Steph going into this thing. And I want to clarify something, too, before we get into his performance. Me and Black never, ever, ever, especially Black, he didn't say this. And I definitely didn't say this either. We didn't say Steph Curry had anything to prove here. We said, for him, well, I said, for him to be validated, guaranteed top 10 of all time, he needed a finals MVP. That's what I said. I caught heat, man. People reached out to me like I was saying that Steph needed a finals MVP for him to be validated. Steph don't got to do nothing else. If Steph have a press conference tomorrow during the finals say he never playing basketball again, his spot is solidified. He don't have to prove nothing else to nobody. I just said for me, for me, for him to be in my top 10 of all time, he got to have at least one finals MVP. And I'm looking for him to grab that. That's what I said. So just to clarify all you boys out there, who was hitting me and trying to size me up, saying, oh, D disrespect, he, he disrespects Steph. I didn't disrespect Steph. This was a top 10 all-time conversation, was it not? Yes, that's exactly what it was. Outside of that, I have nothing negative to say about Steph Curry. Nothing. His nothing. spot is solidified. I just simply said, in the bigger moments, when his team needs him, will he show up this time? No one out there could give me an answer when that opportunity was on the line that he has done that in the finals. No one. So just to clear that up. All right. Black, Steph Curry, so far in these finals, what have you seen? Do you like what you're seeing from Steph? To me, Black, he's a little bit different. He's showing a little bit more urgency, showing a little bit more energy. And what I find to be completely like stunning is that his team is behind him in this finals. Steve Kerr, Draymond, Clay, Poole, they are rallying behind Steph in this finals. And I'm noticing that, that they are making sure he gets every opportunity mm-hmm. to grab this thing. Do you mm-hmm. see the same thing? Yeah, because <laughs> the way they feeding this man the ball and get him the ball, I'm Bruh. like, oh my goodness. High it's like every, It's like... Every play down, he touching that basketball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It ain't going through nobody else. It ain't going through nobody else. But for me, <laughs> with Steph, is what we saw in game one. Talk about it now. Now, I ain't starting it now. <laughs> I'm starting it. It's, it's what we saw in these moments like this. Now, th- listen to me. I love Steph. I love Steph. I'm one of the ones that feel in my heart that he is top 10. If it, they had to make a top 10 today, I'd probably put him number 10. I probably would. But I also agree that he needs a final MVP. He need. I need to see Steph on the finals commercial. I need that. I need to see Steph on a fi- When they do the commercial for the finals right before the game start. And they show Michael Jordan, Shaq. Kobe, Giannis, LeBron, I need to see Steph. So all you Steph Curry fans, you tell me that doesn't that doesn't mean anything? Yes, it does. Cause it's nothing but the greats on that commercial. Game one for me, Steph came out guns blazing. Blazing. And I was like, oh boy. Oh boy. But, but. The Boston, Celt- the, the Boston Celtics didn't get rattled in the third. The Boston Celtics, when they got blitz, they say, you know what? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. 
they were able to keep their wits about themselves and get back in that basketball game. Everybody in game one, do you know what Steph Curry gave me in the fourth quarter? A whopping two points. You Warriors fan who watched Steph Curry very closely. Did, was those three points falling when, this, when it was three minutes left in the game? Thanks to Grizz. Where was Steph when it was two minutes left and they needed a bucket to hold on to the lead? Dangling to a two-point lead and they needed a bucket? Where was he? <laughs> but no, guess what we got? A brick and then here come Al Horford with a spot-up three-point shot to take the lead and they never gave it back. Now, I don't care what you say. You don't have to call D. D, give them my number so they can call me. <laughs> this is what makes you great. Moments like that. And that's what we haven't seen from him. That's why he's not on the finals commercial. KD's on there. Oh, well, well Steph averaged 30 in that finals. It don't matter. He ain't on a commercial. If you wanted the grace, you got to be put on that commercial. <laughs> you got to have your moments in these playoffs. And don't get me wrong, I love what Steph is doing. Especially game two when he had 29 because he really worked and got it out. He got them 29 out the mud. I loved seeing that mm -hmm. in game two. But game one for me, Steph was front running. Ooh, okay, for sure. And you were not tell me I'm lying if he wasn't front running. Because... I don't really be on Twitter a whole lot, but I see it on Twitter. Well, dang. Dang. Everybody, we pointing the finger at everybody else but the person that needs to be pointed at. Mm. Because we always said, and we had conversations about this at work. Me and D have conversations about this off the mic as well. Mm -hmm. When the pressure is on, when stuff is tight that and thing, close. That thing. When it's down to three points or two points when you need a bucket just to hold on, <laughs> Steph hasn't given it to me. Now, game two, you won by 19. He didn't need to have that moment. He was good. He was good. But when that thing get dick. Ooh, talk about it. Man. Talk about it. Man, mm -hmm. them three-point shot come up. A, them things be going up a little heavy, D, from what I see. For sure. It don't even look like it come off his off his hand like it's good mm -hmm. when he in the moments. Steph cannot disappear in these finals game. He can't afford to disappear in one unless they blowing somebody out. Okay, you blew him out. It didn't have to be done. But when... And that's why I say, man, I hope we get some games, some more games like this. Because we've seen it in one. And, and as soon as game one over, boy, the first text I got, Steph is a front runner. That's the first text I got to my phone. What was he at? Why couldn't he hold on? Why couldn't he, why couldn't he hold on to the lead or be the one take the shot that put them over the top when Boston was running, gunning them down? Boy, what? What did you Al Horford, Derek White, uh, <laughs> Jalen Brown, running them down. These boys was down 15 points going into the fourth quarter. And they ran them boys down. You gave me 21. You scored 12 more points after that. Come on, Steph. Come on. 
That's the only thing I'm saying. I love Steph. <laughs> He's top 10 in my, in, in my heart and in my book. But I'm going to say it once again, and I know y'all tired of hearing me saying it. I need Steph on the finals commercial. Because when you're on that commercial, that means you had your moment. And if you're not, you hadn't had it. Y'all must have forgot, 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 forgot. So for me, D, I need to see, I like what he's doing, but in crunch time, and when you need to save your team, when you're trying to hold on to these needs, to these leads, I need big time buckets from Steph, and that's not what we got in game one. Didn't have to see it in game two, but games three and four is coming up. What does these things get tight? Steph, what you gonna do? I hope he, if he's just so happened to hear this, Wardell, if you what you gonna this, do? If he just so happened to hear this, what are you going to do? <clears throat> well said, Black. I really don't have too much to add. I really don't. I really don't. And this is all I'm this was all I was saying too. Game one was a prime example. Prime example. The man came out flamers. Black said it well. I don't have to even say anything else. But when his team needed a bucket, didn't get one. And then everybody said, oh, 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 here you go. Hate on Steph. Did you see what he did in the first quarter? I did. He don't get paid for the first quarter. He get paid for the fourth. <laughs> he just, this situation is going to happen again. <laughs> Boston and Golden State will have a tight fourth quarter at some point in this series again. And then what? Then what? I am eagerly looking forward. To what happens next? I am, man. I love Steph's superstar talent of the most high. Greatest shooter we ever seen. The babyface assassin. Outside of LeBron James, he is the most marketable face in basketball. Probably even more marketable than LeBron right now. Every time I turn on my TV, they go Steph. Subway. <laughs> my boy got a golfing show. Chase. Everything. Chase. <laughs> I mean, just everything. Crypto. All of it. <laughs> I just want to see it. When it get thick, when it get real, I just want to see him deliver. That's all that I'm waiting on because all of the greats, we've seen them at least once deliver. The way we were talking about Giannis last year in the finals, when we going to talk about Steph that way? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to be the dead horse, but that's real. Just send them my number, bro. They start with you. <laughs> ten four. All right, Black. Um, I think we both picked the Warriors in this series. I said Warriors in seven. Even though my heart is saying Boston in seven, my eyes are saying Warriors mm-hmm. in seven. You also and picked the Warriors to win this series as well. Yeah. I'm are you are you holding pat to your prediction? Are you wavering in any way? Leaning towards Boston winning this thing. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not wavering in my heart. I want to see Boston win it. I do, but like you say, I believe Wardell can get it done. But is he, is he gonna finally give it to us? Is he going to give it to us? That's all I want to see, and I believe that he can do it. So I'm gonna stick with my pick. I said Warriors was going to win this in seven, but I won't be mad if they was to lose and Boston was to win. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't bother me one bit. I'm not gonna lose no sleep over it. I'm not going to do that, but. <clears throat> my eyes tell me with uh, with that experience and having Steph Curry and the way he's been playing these first two games, it's no reason why I would waver from my pick. I just need him to step up when he needs to, when it matters and when it's on the line. I ain't going to lie. I want to switch my pick. 
I want to switch my pick. I really, really do, but I ain't. I told myself I'm a. I'm watching what my eyes are saying. Boy, I seen you say Boston. You seen say- it? <laughs> I wanna. I wanna. I wanna switch mine, bro. But I'm. I'm with you. My eyes are telling me that Boston. They're going up against a team who's experienced. They're going up going up against a team who's going to respond, unlike Miami did, unlike Milwaukee did, unlike Brooklyn did. Like you got a team that's going to respond, and that's the one thing Boston haven't dealt with in these playoffs. Now they've been through a gauntlet. They really legitimate beat. You beat the two of the top five players in the world, then you beat the number one seeded uh, team in your conference, and now you're going up against a a, a, a champion. You know, with the Golden State War. So, Boston, they, they really making a crazy run right now. And I'm going to hold tight with Golden State because of the experience in the long run. But, man, I'm not that far away from switching minds. <laughs> I think this is going what, with seven. What is it going to take? Game three to see how this thing looks? But maybe, maybe when we come out of game three, man, <laughs> I, I might have to do it, man. I don't care. Cause I, and, and, and to be real with you, at the end of the day, I really don't care who wins. Mm. I don't <laughs> I really don't care who wins I'm just a fan of the game And of course You know with me and Black Having a show We gotta get predictions But I'm gonna be cool right now I'm gonna be cool I'm gonna roll With Golden State To hold on In seven games Alright Black Let's get to an interesting Dialogue or dynamic That took place Throughout the week Draymond Green Versus Kevin Durant Now Draymond And you can tell We're just in a different time In Social media and marketing and branding. Draymond is just podcasting after every game. During the finals. <laughs> I personally have an issue with that. And I know we, maybe it just be might be a little bit of old school. And I don't really have much old school in me. Because I really ride with the wave. I really do. I, I'm, I'm big on evolution. I'm really big on, you know, progression. But dang, Draymond, like, <laughs> like, why are you podcasting? Like, well, what's what's the reason? But anyway, so Draymond did his podcast, the Draymond Green Show, and it's pretty good. If you haven't heard it and you haven't watched it on Beach Report or listened to it, wherever you listen to the podcast, it's pretty good. I mean, Draymond is just as good on the mic as he is on the basketball floor. But Draymond was having a conversation about Steph Curry. All right, Draymond brought up the fact towards those finals when they won their championships with KD that the, you know, Steph Curry dealt with way more double teams coming off picks, coming off screens than Kevin Durant had to worry about. Kevin Durant went to Twitter, added Draymond, and said he 1,000% disagrees with that comment. Draymond comes back. Hey, check out the whole clip. Check out the whole interview before you come to conclusions, champ. And then KD comes back. I did, champ. You know, I did or whatever. So, look. Draymond and KD, they have a history. They remind me of brothers who are rivals in the same household. That's what they remind me of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they got respect for each other. I think they like each other. Hell, I even think they're friends in real life. But I all I think they just have that relationship where they just get on each other's nerves. They get on each other's nerves. They're both easily offended by the other one. That's the type of relationship that they give off. Now, Black, let's remove what they think, okay? Then Draymond last night took another, not shot at KD, but he basically just said, even the whole time Kevin Durant was here, the offense always ran through Steph Curry. Always did. Black, we know that the Warriors' main objective is here 
is to win this finals to say that they won it without Durant. They won it with him. They won it without him post Kevin Durant. That's what the big storyline is here. Because if they lose, what's going to be the narrative? Well, they, 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 they couldn't get back to the mountaintop without Durant. They just couldn't do it. And their one ring without Durant, Kyrie and Kevin Love got hurt. That's what the narrative is. Is it an unfair narrative? Yes, because they have three rings. It's, it's, it's an unfair narrative in my opinion. But in the eyes of basketball fans, this is a hot topic. Black, do you think that the Warriors are looking for validation winning a championship without Durant? And do you think Durant, if you're Kevin Durant, are you at home right now hoping that the Warriors don't get it done without you? Do you know what this come back to? What's that? In my opinion, what we just got through talking about. What's that? The Warriors and everyone on that team gonna make sure nothing interferes with what's going on with Steph Curry. Absolutely. This thing has been pushed, Steph Curry. You hearing it off the court? You seen it on the court? You you you're hearing it off the court. Yep. They're not gonna let you even say nothing negative or say anything that Steph Curry. They focusing on Steph Curry being the highlight of these finals. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what this is, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Mm-hmm. So Draymond, like, if you coming for, oh nah, bro, can't come for him. You can't come for him. Mm-hmm. We we trying to do something right here, mm-hmm. and he they ain't let nobody interfere with that. So if you coming sideways, they gonna check you. If you asking him a question, <laughs> he gonna check you. Yep. No, Steph did this and this and this, but D they could have used they could have used Ke- they could have used Kevin Durant in Game One. Ooh we. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> they could have sure. used him in game one. For you sure. know, when they needed a bucket. And I'm and I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant probably would have put they put Boston lights out. Most likely. <laughs> so um I I really I really don't know, man, how to take this. Like okay. Draymond, Draymond and KD, they always got something going on, man. Um KD was needed for a reason. And mm-hmm. with the Warriors, he he wanted to win, and the Warriors knew that they had been figured out mm-hmm. by the King, mm-hmm. and it was no way they were going to beat the King Mm-mm. anymore if they didn't get a Kevin Durant. Mm-mm. In my opinion, no, that's fact. <laughs> that's fact. So I think that for the for the time, let's just let it be what it is. Kevin Durant was needed on that team. Um, I think Kevin Durant. Had to deal with more because him coming to y'all team, him having to have his moments, which he had. Steph, I feel like even though Steph averaged 30 or whatever they say he averaged, but I feel like he kind of did take the back seat a little bit to Kevin Durant in those finals. So, in my opinion, D, I, I side with KD a little bit, but... I don't think all this necessary. I think they only doing this or having these conversation because Steph Curry and the Warriors are in the finals right now. They want to push this wave with Steph and want Steph to get finals MVP. And I have to agree with you. I agree with you on this. They definitely, they definitely want to win this ring without Kevin, without Kevin Durant so they can say that, oh, well, we really didn't need you. But we know, we know, we know what the real, we know what the real is, bro. Yeah. We ain't in that locker room, but we know what the real is. Right. It's been shown on video, boy, that y'all had them been figured out and y'all had to do something. Immediately. Because let me tell you something, because after that finals, at 12.30 a.m., <laughs> Steph Curry and Draymond Green hopped on a jet and went straight to Oklahoma City. <laughs> and said, what's up, bro? What we got to do to get you down here? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I just I I just think D they really pushing this wave with stuff. They let not letting anyone interfere with that. But in my opinion, I feel like KD definitely was uh was more of the focal point in that in those finals with uh with the Warriors. I think Draymond Green is wild for this. It's obvious what Kevin Durant was brought there for. He was a mercenary. They brought him in as a hired gun. And the reason he was brought in, because at this point, LeBron was at the apex of his prime. People think LeBron was at his apex of his prime in Miami. No, when he got to Miami, he was entering the apex. When he got to Cleveland, to be real with you, LeBron should have at least, at least... Two or three rings in Cleveland. He should have five right now, in my opinion. At least. And we know, I ain't making no excuses, but we know what the deal is, man. Yeah. You lose Love, you lose Kyrie. Braun had a 2-1 lead in 2014. Uh-uh. You can't say that, D. That's, you can't say that when you talk about LeBron. You oh, can't yeah, say what that. he yeah, didn't my have. Bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. Now you're trying to get some more phone calls, right, so stop you're right, that. You're right, Let me chill, okay, let me yeah. chill, let me chill. <clears throat> but we know. <laughs> But at the end of the day, the Warriors won a championship. Fast forward back to down 3-1. I love that it was documented how LeBron James thought about the Golden State Warriors. I love it. LeBron knew the Bulls was finna get cooked. Down 3-1. He in the locker room. That's one of the greatest things I ever saw. Game 7, those final two minutes was the greatest two minutes of basketball mine eyes have ever seen. <laughs> they closed the lights down in the Oracle and won a championship there. And the Cleveland Cavaliers were set up to possibly go back to back or hell, even three P. But oh boy. <laughs> a little thing called free agency. Worked in the best interest of the Golden State Wars, and you want to know what that was at 1201. <laughs> Steph Curry, Draymond Green, shot Steve Kerr, everybody was on the team jet. And they met, where you at, Durant? We coming to see, bro. Now we don't want to do a telephone call because we need to see you, bro. They say that boy Draymond was in his bath towel standing outside the father's locker room saying, KD. KD. They say, Steph said, I give you the whole franchise. You can have it all. You can, they can put your face on the puzzle. Please come. Because that joker out there in Cleveland ain't playing. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Kevin Durant signed with the Golden State Warriors, and the rest is history. Now, I will say this Kevin Durant was the only. Basketball player alive that can look LeBron James in his eyes mm. and say, What's good? Ooh. When nobody else. Boy, you finna be getting calls at 4 a.m. when you drop. Face this. of the <laughs> earth. You finna get it. Could have walked on the <laughs> NBA final stage and looked at LeBron James, mano we mano, and say, What's good, bruh? Durant was the only one, and he showed that. Bang after bang after bang late in them games. Because you go back and look at them finals, they didn't destroy Cleveland. No, they was nipping All tight. them games, All them games was tight. All them in, games was tight. But in the last minute, mm, mm, mm. they didn't even run no plays the Warriors did. But they had Steph Curry standing underneath the rim. He wasn't even, uh, he wasn't even really 
No one cares. <laughs> Iso ball. The rent brought the ball, ball up <laughs> and banged them. Pull up. Pull up. Red and oh, red and my red boy. And mouth. Hey. But he was the only person capable. <gasps> so I said all that to say and to revisit that. That Draymond Green, you wildin'. You wildin'. <laughs> you wildin'. Because without him, you would have one ring. Ooh. You would have one. And that's more, that's an accomplishment. You could have lived your whole career off that, but you wouldn't be working for TNT. <laughs> you wouldn't have the Draymond Green show. You wouldn't have all that because champions get this. Mm-hmm. Look around. It's only a certain amount of basketball players who get certain statues without rings. I think of Jalen Rose. I think of Jason Williams. Certain guys, they're just, they're just talented in the media. They just work. They just work. But Draymond Green, you're wrong. You need to chill. Kevin Durant has the right to feel the way that he feels because he know his value to y'all. And when he left y'all, it took you a while to get back here. And now that you're here, now I will say this, if they go ahead and win this ring, it will validate that with or without Kevin Durant, we still world champions. Mm -hmm. And I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. But don't discredit what Kevin Durant brought to your organization for those three years. And if you really want to be real... If he would have never popped out Achilles, we would have seen another 3-1. And it would have been in their favor. Kevin Durant would have came back and gunned down the Toronto Raptors in that finals. Mm. And they would have three-peated. Because them first three minutes of game five was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen in my life. This man ain't missed. <laughs> he missed not one shot. I mean, see, y'all come in, matter who they put on dog. I mean, Bucket. <laughs> Bucket. I said, oh my God, he finna do it like this? <laughs> and then he got injured. But I fully believe if he was available, oh, they would have three. They would have no they doubt about it. They no would have came back it. and beat Toronto. Toronto, they would have came back and got him. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about so, it. So that's my opinion. So yeah, Draymond, chill, bro. Chill, Draymond. Don't do KD like that. Don't do KD like that. All right, man. So we got game three of the NBA Finals. Coming up on Wednesday, me and Black are recording on this Monday. We're getting ready to wrap up this episode of the Sports Days. Real quick, Black, who do you think wins game three in Boston? Oh, man. Then I'm going to go Warriors. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go Warriors. Why? I think it's I, I think it's going to be high. And we didn't see Boston in game three after they didn't took a lead. Of won a game on the road that they had to win. Because they play better on the road than they do at home. Mm-hmm. They got a better road record than they do home record in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Warriors still game three because I don't think they'll be able to get a game four in Boston. So I think game three is the game that they they're gonna have to get. If they, and if they don't get game if they don't get game three, they're not getting either one of them in my opinion. If they don't get game three, but uh, Boston in game threes at home if they if they're the road team, they haven't played very well. I'm leaning towards Golden State, and I think this is gonna be our first close game. I think it's going to be our first close game. Can Golden State withstand the onslaught from the energy in the first half? Can they? Will Boston's role players be ignited? Will they get up big on Golden State? Will this be a wash? That is potentially there as well. Boston could win this game by 20. This could not be a game by halftime. All the elements are there, but (laughs) these are champions we're talking about. They've been here. They've been here, man. And I got to think they know the importance of this versus maybe if this was Phoenix or maybe if this was Memphis or somebody like that. I got to think they know the importance of this. 
I'm going to roll with Golden State to squeak by as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking about squeak by. I'm banking on this being our first competitive game of this series from beginning to end. That's what I'm banking on. Deep down inside, I think I'm super wrong. I think Boston wins by 30. That's Mm. what I really, really think. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I'm going to roll with Golden State edging out Boston to take a two games to one series lead. And I think it's just a team effort. I don't think Steph goes crazy. I think you just get timely shots from Clay, Steph. You get a pool sighting. I don't know why this thing is doing this here um, So that's what I think we get. We just get a team effort. Golden State squeaks out a win. All right. What in the world? Go ahead, bro. Yeah, I, uh, for, for me... This is this is a very important game for the Warriors. That's why I'm picking them to win this game. Because in Boston, man, it's something about them when they do play at home, but they very it seems like they they don't really be locked in like they're supposed to. It's a, it's a window there. And then with that experience the Warriors have, I think this prime opportunity for them to get this game three. I just really don't see them getting four. You have to get three. If you don't win three, you're not winning four. And then you're gonna be down three one and then what you gonna do. <clears throat> and then what you gonna do So this is the game that you have to get To get this thing back to chase So you can have a game 7 On your floor But if you don't Oh boy we gonna see what happens Yeah I think we're in for a long one I think it goes 7 The winner of this the winner of this will win it in 7 games Out in San Francisco Whether it's gonna be Golden State Whether it's gonna be Boston Look forward to uh, seeing what happens uh, Me and Black could be back for a post uh, Game 3 show um, try to roll some more content out. You know, basketball is two or three days in between now. And then after that, me and Black just going to have to figure out what we're going to do because we got that time <laughs> of the year as we're yeah. waiting uh, football to arrive. But, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out for sure and get some dope uh, content uh, for you guys. All right. So that's going to wrap up today's show. Hope you guys enjoyed everything today. Let us know what you think, man. Y'all, if you know us personally, if you want to catch us on Twitter, just hit us up, man. Let's talk about the NBA finals, man. We're just just really enjoying the pageantry of what we get. All right. So uh, let's see. You can find me on Twitter at Dedrick Hicks Jr. Instagram, Dedrick Hicks Jr. On YouTube, Dedrick Hicks Jr. Holla at your dog and let's chop it up. Yeah, y'all can hit me on Twitter and Instagram at BlackENL3. Man, y'all hit me up. Let's talk about it. Don't call my dog. My dog going to give y'all my number. If y'all want to talk to me, y'all can talk and call and talk to me. But yeah, man, we appreciate all the love and support. Y'all rocking with us, man. Y'all keep y'all keep being behind us, man. We got great content coming y'all way. Yes, sir. For sure, for sure. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for all the love. Thank you for listening each and every week. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. Let us did it there. That there's a new sports show around, and it's D and Black talking that talk. Tell your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your barber, your garbage man, your lawn man, your side piece, or your main thing. Tell everybody, anybody who will listen to that sports talk. Put them on the sports test, man. We appreciate that. Shout out to the NPN Network as well. Reduce Lunch Man for powering this thing, and we'll see you guys uh, maybe in a couple of days. All right, be easy, y'all. Sports show. New sports.
Das.